Hello and welcome back to another episode of C Student Theology, where we try to make Christianity accessible to the average person. My name is CJ Pierce and I am the pastor at White Sulphur Baptist Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. And what we've been doing, are we've been taking my sermons that I preach on Sunday and then I do a quick recap for you on Mondays. So yesterday's sermon was in the Gospel of Mark. The series we're going through is called Good News for Hard Times, and we looked at Mark 3, 13 through 35. And in the beginning of this passage, we see Jesus call to himself the disciples whom he will make apostles. And we saw how he has to call them in close before he sends them out. He's going to call them close to mold them and to shape them, to do discipleship with them before he sends them out on the mission, that they will begin to take on his image, that they will start to look more and more like him, like their teacher, like their Lord, like their God, and then they will go out to the world taking his gospel, the good news, to people who are going through hard times, both spiritually and practically and physically. So we saw that and we saw that as uh, his, uh, his attention is growing, that as people are paying attention to him, that it starts to cause problems for people. And so we see his family come to him and, and they're upset. They're saying he's out of his mind. There he goes again talking about being God. There he goes again talking about doing miracles. He's drawing attention to himself. He's making us look bad. We don't want anything to do with this. And so they go to try and seize him and to take him away. And we said that this might be expected, you know, from his siblings, that if your little sibling or your older sibling even was saying, oh, I'm God and you're going to need to worship me and I am sinless and making all the claims that Jesus made, that might be a problem. You might have some instinctual pushback on that. And we said that his mother, Mary, her coming and trying to seize Jesus and take him away is probably not rooted in doubting who Jesus is. It's actually probably a sign of her faith. She knows exactly who he is. She knows who her son is and what he has come to do. And she knows the repercussions of that. She knows that his mission actually ends up in his suffering and death for his people. And so then we move on and we see that the scribes come down from Jerusalem. They're likely a kind of an elite group of lawyers. They come down and they're going to uh, disprove Jesus. They're going to make him look bad. And what's interesting is that they bring this charge against him that he's actually doing his miracles by the power of Satan or evil spirits. And that's interesting because they don't say that he's a fraud. They don't say that he isn't doing miracles. They don't say that, that he's making things up. Their only argument is how is he doing them? Jesus responds and says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And in the same way, Satan can't destroy Satan. So your argument doesn't make sense. And then he gives them this really stern warning. The warning is that if you commit blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, that's an unforgivable sin, that there is no forgiveness for that sin. And so in the sermon, we took some time exploring that and seeing what that might mean. And I would recommend that you go back and you listen to that sermon and hear the more full explanation. But really, Jesus is saying, be careful. 
Because it's by me and the Holy Spirit's power that there is salvation for men. And if you say that the two of us, the Holy Spirit and Jesus the Christ, are actually demonic, there is no way for you to be saved. Because no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so you would not have forgiveness if you break that process of salvation. And really, the big picture of our passage from Sunday isn't so much what the unforgivable sin is or if we've committed it. The big picture for the passage on Sunday is that Jesus had these horrible accusations uh, brought against him, that there was slanderous things being said against him, and he was a sinless human. He was keeping the will of the Father perfectly, that he was being a faithful son. And that we should expect no less that if we are to be faithful Christians, if we are to love God rightly, to love other people rightly, that, that there is an offense that comes with being named as one of God's children. That the gospel is offensive. That when we say that, that you have a problem, your problem is sin, and you can't solve it yourself, that you need a Savior and His name is Jesus, that's an offensive statement in their culture and in today's culture. And so, as Christians, we're going to face times where even family members are going to say harsh things about us because of our faith. People who are close to us are going to say harsh things about us because of our faith. But we should take heart because all of the criticisms that we take in this life and all of the hardships that we go through, anything that we might lose or suffer in this life for the sake of Christ and the gospel is going to be worth it when we spend an eternity with him and his mercy and his love in joyous harmony. And so that is our sermon recap for today. Again, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to that full sermon for a, a greater explanation of the things that we covered. But I hope these are helpful. I hope that you're able to use them. I hope that maybe there's some kind of an evangelistic tool for you guys. And remember to keep on studying. Oh, my God.